Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the best podcast to break down hard-hitting dialogue such as, come on, Rico, move your fat carcass. Here to provide analysis for that line and so much more is my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I'm feeling good. I was a little tired. Been traveling some, but much better now. Where'd you travel to? Oh, I was visiting my sister up in Vancouver, Canada. I love the Canadians. Great people. Uh, we have a very small percentage of Canadian listeners, but we're glad to have them. <laughs> yes, of course. And I'm so glad that we are also joined by a guest today, Rob Gennario. We gelled so well last time, Rob. We've invited you back to uh, help us with Spidey teaming up with some of his geriatric friends. How are you doing today, Rob? I'm doing very well. I'm glad to be back with you guys uh, talking about Spider-Man. Wow, that was very exciting, Rob. Great, great. Love excitement. <laughs> no problem. Bring, bring, so no. I, we brought... You know what? It's funny. Eddie mentions like we we gelled we gelled so well. We're gonna have you work with Spider Man and his geriatric friends. I'm like, what does Rob have to do with being geriatric? But I don't know. I mean, that that response maybe wasn't as youthful as I hoped for. Um, and you are the youngest of us, by the way. <laughs> Eddie, before we do the summaries, Rob might not be as familiar with a couple things. Why don't we cover um, two or three things real quick? All right. Apparently, he needs a little refresher on geriatric friends, uh, particularly ones at Restwell Nursing Home, which is. All throughout these books, that's where Aunt May is currently residing. And her fiancé, Nathan Lubinsky, is also there. This is a guy who's wheelchair-bound but very feisty. He, he made friends with the Vulture. In fact, inspired the Vulture to go on one final crime spree, even though it appeared he was too old to do so. Thanks for that, Nathan. And then in these books, we have this character, Quasar. <laughs> I know him from Spider-Man primarily, which is not too particularly well. He looks like the poor man's uh, Superman, I guess we could say. He's got these bands that can manipulate lighter energy. He puts the thing into, like, handcuffs with his energy balls or whatever. Anybody else that wants to contribute about Quasar, I'm happy to hear about him. He looks like Homelander from The Boys, but without sleeves or his shirt. (laughs) And, uh, and he does have these gold bands like he stole them from Wonder Woman or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, James B. He's a classic poor man Superman. That's <laughs> all he is. He, and the names, the bands have a name. And the, I, don't, I don't know the names of the bands. They're like the Nebula bands or the Neuro bands or whatever they are. I, 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 I thought you were going to name some indie rock bands for a second there. <laughs> what are the name of the bands that Quasar's in? Eddie, uh, put you on the spot. Favorite band to go. Oh, my. I this is out of my wheelhouse, James B. I don't even want to answer this question. You are the musician. That's why it makes me too scared. <laughs> Rob, Rob, you want to help us out? Favorite Gosh, band? That's so tough. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was hoping Eddie would give me enough time to think of one, and I honestly am just coming up totally blank. I, I saw like a tribute band for Tower of Power. I always loved Tower of Power. So back in the day, very funky. Good guys. Uh, well, I'll just say Bon Jovi, which will be about the time when uh, these bands were forming. I think Bon Jovi's first album came out maybe 84? But this book is from July of 1982. Stanley presents Marvel Team Up 119, featuring Spider-Man and Gargoyle in Freight Train by J.M. DiMatteis, Gamel, and Esposito. Spider-Man is hanging out with Isaac, also known as Gargoyle. He's literally a gargoyle who tells Spider-Man his origin story. Isaac was a useless old man. This is going to be a theme today, guys, who often wished for his own death. He sold his soul and became an evil gargoyle, but he now fights for good. Spider-Man and gargoyle save an old lady, Sadie, from a mugging. 
Spider-Man leaves, and Isaac walks his new best friend Sadie home and has some tea. Gargoyle takes Sadie and her adult daughter to the sky to see wonders in New York. Soon after, Sadie is in bed where her daughter and Gargoyle accept that Sadie is ready to die. Meanwhile, Spider-Man has to stop the same muggers as they attack Nathan Lubinsky, who also has a death wish. But Aunt May shows up and the muggers leave. Nathan no longer wishes to die. Notable moment, Nathan and Aunt May don't know Spider-Man is helping them, and they mistakenly believe the remaining muggers are fleeing from an angry Aunt May. I actually thought the best single panel in the whole book was the wham panel, where Nathan slams into the two hoodlums on his wheelchair. You love that quintessential onomatopoeia comic frame, and this one really (laughs) delivers. I'm also really glad I got to say onomatopoeia on a podcast. Uh, you sound very intelligent, Rob. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, that was my uh, intent. Well, I appreciate the effort that Gargoyle kind of gives with his whole message of, of how valuable people can be, especially late in life. He even gives us this really vivid line about the river of birth and death. I, I do think it was a little irresponsible for him to take hospice-bound Sadie through the skies of New York along with her daughter. Um, and this reckless act does bear quite a bit of consequence. Uh, Sadie does die a few pages later, as you mentioned, James B. And I, I did have to imagine that the intensity of that experience really might have pushed her over the brink. Her daughter was just begging her to go to the doctor, and she refuses. And instead, she goes on this jo- joyride through the skies of New York. <laughs> you know, I guess she knows best. She's been around a bit. I just think Gargoyle might have done it differently in hindsight. <laughs> Wow, I got a completely different take on this book than you you did. But Eddie, what do you think is going I, on here? I have to agree with Rob to a certain extent. The the montage and that's what I envisioned as Gargoyle Gargoyle was flying Sadie and her mom through the the air in classic eighties movie fashion is one of the most bizarre kind of depictions of these two women holding on to him flying through the air. What a strange strange book is all I have to say. All right. Well, Eddie, uh, I did mention that my favorite uh, band was Bon Jovi. And if you didn't hear him slip it in there, Rob chose the band. Wham. So we're still waiting for your uh, your choice. You have a few minutes here as we talk about the next book, which is from August of 1982. Stanley presents Marvel Team Up 120 featuring Spider-Man and Dominic Fortune in Old Soldiers. Once again, by DiMatteis, Gamel, and Esposito. The, the 1930s hero for hire, Dominic Fortune, is now just another unhappy old man at, you know where else, Restwell Nursing Home, until he sees supervillain Turner D. Century flying a magic bicycle built for two outside his window. Eddie, you'll have to describe that guy in a few minutes. No problem. Turner believes in the old days and old people, so Dominic agrees to follow him to his lair with intent to keep an eye on him. Spider-Man follows, because it is supposed to be his book, and we learn that Turner plans to destroy everyone under 65 with the evil red horn. Uh, Turner uses the horn, (laughs) killing Spider-Man and a few civilians. Uh, Dominic battles him and dies as well. Uh, in the end, the horn actually didn't kill anyone, and Dominic was just overtired when he fell down. Eternity Century is punched and webbed by Spider-Man. Notable moment, septuagenarian Dominic Fortune declares at the end of the book he is off to find his lady love from the 1930s, as if readers have any interest. 
This is so insulting coming from the man who is featured in the Ladies of Peter Parker's life, <laughs> caring so little about the love story, James B. More old people? Restful nursing home doesn't sound particularly restful, I guess. <laughs> Rob, do you have any insights for us uh, in this book? Yeah, well, it certainly isn't restful when Nathan Lubinsky starts, uh, you know, partying it up on that guitar over there. I think the dust up in episode 119 really had a positive impact on him. But for me, the highlight of this comic is Turner D. Century. He's a little all over the place. Uh, you know, he's, he's riding <laughs> yes. the bike through the air, of course. I got major oh, yeah. Carousel of Progress vibes, if you're familiar with that Disney World ride. Uh, he's got the pork pie hat. You're familiar with it? Yeah. yeah originally uh, from the, the World's Fair. He's got the pork pie hat. He's preaching about how perfect life was back in the day. But I, I couldn't help but notice he appears to have a fully clothed mannequin woman on the back of his bike. And when Dominic needs <laughs> a ride, he just kind of throws her aside. Yeah, it's it's a tandem bike, to be clear. So It's a bicycle for built for two guys. <laughs> yes. Is it for balance? Does it help him balance it as he drives it through the sky? It's just a classic thing that doesn't really exist these days anymore. People don't like... You know, riding their bicycles built for two. It's just a classic. That's fun back then. That was Twitter. Yeah, so it's it's like part of his his old school getup is what you're telling me. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, that, that checks out. Turn to D-Century, by the way. That guy's coming back. What? He's already <laughs> fought. News. He already fought Spider-Woman. He had a, he's, he's, a, he's a reoccurring villain. He's the goofiest guy I've seen in forever. It's just... <laughs> Ridiculous the things that he says. Oh, you wronged me unjustly, my friend. I only did what was necessary to preserve the sanity of the sick society. <laughs> you, you go, you going all in that he is the goofiest character in these books? Well, hold, hold on for one moment because from September of 1982, Stanley presents Marvel Team Up 121 featuring Spider Man and the Human Torch in Old Soldiers, once again by Demetrius Gamel and Esposito. Spider-Man and the Torch meet up while stopping some thieves. Uh, witnessing the event is... An old man who complains to his son Eugene how he wasted his life as supervillain The Leapfrog. While his dad sulks, 15-year-old Gene dons his dad's costume determined to make The Leapfrog a hero. While Spider-Man and the Torch attempt to stop, I mean, like a D-level villain, the Speed Demon, Leapfrog bumbles his way through the city, unintentionally causing more harm than good. And only when he tries to give up and turn his costume off does he accidentally stop the villain and save the day. Uh, notable moment, Eugene tells his dad his new name is the Fabulous Frogman because he thinks it has more pizzazz. <laughs> Yeah, so in the first comic, we get Gargoyle, and in the second one, we get uh, Dominic Fortunato. Uh, but in this one, we get actual Human Torch, and this feels like, you know, a big upgrade. I'm going to push back a little bit. I don't A D-level villain for Speed Demon seems a little bit unfair. I mean, okay. Super Speed I is nothing to scoff at, no? He goes at it with Spidey and the Human Torch for many, many pages in this book. They have a real problem with him. They can't catch him. There's a great panel of the two of them, you know, swinging through the city. And I'm know, sorry. How did how does he get defeated? <laughs> a bit of bad luck. I mean, he couldn't have possibly accounted for the leapfrog. Uh, I'm son sorry. of you son mean, of the leapfrog. You mean the fabulous frogman, a 15 year old kid? <laughs> Should I, not not to reinforce James B here, but 
Leapfrog is out of control, bouncing around, and Speed Demon says, there's nowhere to run. He's all over the place. Like... <laughs> It's that classic uh, air hockey scenario where you see the puck going back and forth and all you want to do is stop it, but no matter where you move, you're in the wrong spot. My, like, three-year-old, when she was three, had trouble with this, too, so I understand. The leapfrog, he was apparently a villain a very long time ago. He's an old man, and he doesn't work out. He retires the suit. Daredevil villain, I think. might have been a Daredevil villain, but I'm not positive. Yes, Daredevil villain. Okay. Is that so? so? Yeah, that makes sense. They seem they're both kind of skybound. Um but, you know, he goes through all these changes, and his son has the the, the costume. And this bank robber, who I, I got to imagine is, you know, pretty new to the game, uh, sees the leapfrog and can ID him as his former <laughs> his former cellmate. That just didn't add up to me. If you're gonna if you're gonna vote for the one thing in these four books that you <laughs> have a problem with, that is some powerful analysis, Rob. You, you caught me off guard with it. Just the the numbers didn't seem to make any sense to me at all. <laughs> you know, in a way, that is sort of the the hardest thing to swallow. It's, it's sort of the outlier of goofiness in these books. You know, I, I'm willing uh, to believe that there are gargoyles. I'm willing to believe that there are super speed demons. You know, but it's gotta it's gotta make sense from just like a time in the business perspective. I'm I'm gonna push back on that. Turn of D century, flying the magical bicycle built for two outside your window is. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's a little harder to stretch than like, wait, this guy knew this other guy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, just, you know. I'm not saying that that you're wrong. I'm just saying it's it's in contention. It's cool. Do you have anything else on this particular uh, the third of our somehow related unrelated Marvel team up books? Well, they are all related in the sense that there is an old person who is a feature in each one of the books. So, I. I I, I don't know what was going on in the life of let me find his name. J.M. Dimateus. J.M. Dimateus, but maybe he was a more elderly person than the average writer, so he was like, I still got it, and my comics are going to show that. So that's why he wrote these books. I, I appreciated them all. I didn't have a huge problem with them, actually. They were fun. Silly. Ronald Reagan is the president. Oh. Is there something like... 1982? Yeah, wow. right? You're right. I think you're... So that means Boy, I'm thinking maybe they're like maybe there's like old, old maybe old is 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 cool like he's an old, old president he was an old president when he took office was he not? Well, those three books are related. They all had the same uh, author. Eddie, uh, I'll have you do the summary of the last book. Sounds good. All right. Well, I'll take care of the intro for you. From 1982, Stanley presents Marvel Team Up Annual Five: Serpent Rising by Mark Grinwald and Jim Mooney. Thank you, James B. Quasar is guarding the Serpent Crown under lock and key at an upstate government research facility when the crown goes missing. As he inspects the chamber, Quasar is attacked by a platoon of guards who force a Serpent Crown onto his head, thereby taking Quasar under the Serpent's spell. Downstate, in the city, uh, while eating potato chips, an apparition of Quasar startles Ben Grimm. And although he calls Quasar, who reassures him nothing is wrong, but in a strange way, the thing remains suspicious and heads upstate to the government facility. Yeah, I like how Ben Grimm, the thing, refers to himself as the ever-loving hero to millions. That's such a great line. <laughs> By the way, Ben Grimm here also eats Oreos and drinks a Coke. So there is some real product placement here if you look very carefully. There's some M&M's in there as well. Mmm. Wow. Well, Spidey's uh, suspicions are high, too. 
While apprehending some local hoods, he thinks he feels queasy and sees a slithering figure disappear. This prompts him to pay a visit to Greenwich Village for some Doctor Strange help. Uh, Strange uses the Eye of Agmato and immediately recognizes the coil of the serpent god from Marvel Team-Up 111 is wrapped around Spidey's mind. And here I thought the serpent people wouldn't appear again. Yeah, you know, I learned a lot about the serpent people today. Uh, you get a lot of background information uh, on how they kind of rose to prominence. First of all, I didn't even know that Conan was uh, canonically in the Marvel Universe, but that was a nice little treat. And, you know, again, not to be too hard on Gargoyle, they really pull out the stops in the annual edition. You get Namor in the flashback. You get a bunch of characters I've never heard of before. The Alchemist Aria, the Warlord Krang, uh, the Serpent Squad, Paul Destine. They, they they give you a lot of lore here. There's a, a depth to the Marvel history. I really appreciated it. Ah, Thank you, Rob, for doing that research. Uh, well, Spidey and Strange take a car. Spidey's driving while Strange reads the roadmap. This is... One of my favorite ways to see Spidey move around in a car, in his costume. Uh, Upstate, to get the backstory, which Rob just told us, uh, about the Serpent God. Uh, I'm sure everyone remembers from 111, right? You know, it's funny. We're worrying about uh, Cokes and M&Ms and appearances of Conan and, and King Cull here. But, you know, there's a point where Doctor Strange changes his clothes and Spider-Man's clothes into regular clothes because they need to rent a car. <laughs> And uh, he turns to Spider-Man and he's looking at him and he says, what's going on, Peter? And Peter's like, how does, how does he know my name? <laughs> he's, he's Dr. Strange. He knows all these things, right? Sorcerer Supreme. The two of them arrive at the facility and they bump into the Thing and the Scarlet Witch, who were right to be suspicious about the Serpent God set. Um, uh, all the heroes except Spidey fall under the Serpent's spell. And when the Serpent's army throws their snake hats together into a big pile the serpent god set is back the heroes are powerless to stop the snake god but resourcefully spidey finds the cosmic cube allowing him to be uh, allows himself to be eaten uh, with cube in hand and explodes the god from within dr strange casts a spell exercising set from the reality and all is good yeah, everyone just kind of gets untrapped there at the end to help him out. You know, <laughs> Thing is trapped in those Quasar things you talked about before. He just kind of breaks free, and Doctor Strange gets to go into ghost mode and rescue Scarlet Witch. It's a, it's a classic jailbreak. Uh, bad guys couldn't hold the lead. Kind of a classic conclusion to many a comic book. Yeah, in, this, in these comic books, they, they don't know when they write it where it's going to fall. So Eddie knows I'm always disappointed when there's no storyline that involves the characters in Peter Parker's life. I mean, often they, they'll throw J. Jonah Jameson in just sort of complaining about the photos or they have the, the current 1980s dump on girl we talked about last issue is Deb Whitman, who's always yeah. just, she just shows up and gets, you know, her heart ripped out all the time. But another theme I've noticed lately is people have been, people seem to know who Spider-Man is a lot. They had a, the other day a ghost was like, hey, you're Peter Parker, I know who you are. And then Madam Webb is like, hey, you're Peter Parker, I know who you are. And now Doctor Strange. And it's going to be a little unnerving that all these people know that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. I mean, he's done a good job for 20 plus real years keeping this a secret. Now it's it's almost as commonplace as everybody knowing that Harry Osborn is the, you know, the Green Goblin here. It's just, it's going to be a little upsetting. Well, one thing that doesn't upset me is talking about sponsors. So uh, you guys ready to hear some cool stuff? What do we got? 
Let's do it, James B. You guys love toys? Well, the Tinker has gathered three Marvel team-up villains, I'm sorry, I mean experts, to help design the newest line of Marvel team-up action figures. Monster creator Baron Ludwig von Schupp, the mad thinker and the puppet master have lent their expertise to create the toys kids want to play with and collectors want to collect. This 16th set actually has four figures from the classic run of books by DiMatteis, Gamel, and Esposito. That means it's not going to include, unfortunately, our uh, our annual today. From Marvel team-up 119, you get Sadie. Well, we have had a lot of heroes that were of the geriatric variety, so that's not inappropriate, I guess. I think these are actually one of our best sets of figures, but well, let me tell you the next one. From Marvel TF 120, it's Rob's favorite character. It's Turner D. Century. Let's go. <laughs> Big news for Tink Pop Toys. Yeah, that's a good figure to have. Uh, no, does not come with a bicycle, by the way. If you are, does it have the time horn? If you are a nineteenth-century barbershop singer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Another special fi- figure that Rob, I call your wife and get that credit card ready, because for Marvel Tamp one twenty-one, it's the Speed Demon. Oh, you you said it, Rob. <laughs> no collection is complete without the Speed Demon. Wow, <laughs> you upgraded him to a C-class villain. See what this gets you, Rob. <laughs> And a premium figure, which is always the best figure. I don't know how we're going to beat these guys here, but it's going to work well with the other figures. From Marvel Team Up 119, you are actually getting, guys, has his own magazine. You're going to get your own gargoyle figure today. What? (laughs) Oh, the old man who's been converted into the gargoyle. is a real superhero. He has his own miniseries and everything. Classic Frankenstein hero, you know? Terrible monster somebody, who just wants to do well. Somebody listening to this podcast, please send uh, an email to let to let these guys know this is the best set of figures really. that they've ever released. It's yeah. legitimate villains and heroes. I understand Sadie might not be top of your line, but this is a real set of figures. Gargoyle is a real superhero. James B, is there a bonus set in there of Doctor Strange and Spider-Man? But you have a Spider-Man figure, the, but disguised <laughs> in the car. <laughs> Oh, like I a... see. <laughs> That's I really was anticipating Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. <laughs> no, there's no Doctor Strange figure right now. You're you're pushing it here. These guys are putting out some great stuff here. All but, right. Eddie, what, what are we, Eddie, what's going to happen in Let's Read Spider-Man 171 when to let, give Rob a preview of what he's going to get to listen to down the lo- down the road it's here. It's back to the Amazing Spider-Man comics uh, where we will continue stories. <laughs> About the amazing spider. Oh, I see Eddie has not Eddie has not read ahead. All right. Uh, Insightful. Eddie if people want to let us know what their favorite band is, since they're not afraid to tell us, how can they reach us? You can email us anytime at let's read Spider-Man at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. I'm James B, joined by Eddie. And Rob. And remember, listeners. If you are super old, you can either chase after your long-lost love, fight for your current love, die peacefully in bed, or give your barely working old supervillain costume to your 15-year-old son and watch him accidentally destroy the city. Goodbye. 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 I was uh, so surprised that these books, when I was reading them, really were, like, so related. 
But you guys had some good uh, some good commentary today. Thank you for making these books more interesting. Rob, was there anything in your notes you didn't get to actually talk about today? You know, there, there was one thing that did surprise me uh, when it comes to Dominic Fortu, uh, Fortunato. Uh, yep. You know, the cover of that comic shows, you know, a kind of like a Corsair, uh, like a swashbuckling superhero in the, the peak <laughs> of his youth. And when he crosses paths with Turner D. Century, you know, my, my personal favorite uh, villain yeah. from Marvel War. Um, Se- second, second to Speed Demon. Second to Speed. I think I have. Yeah, it's close. It's close. <laughs> okay. But I would have given you 10 to 1 odds that at some point. Uh, you know, Donnie Fort makes a makes a Faustian bargain with Turner, you know, to become the Dominic Fortune of old. And, you know, that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> instead, he, he plots to murder everyone under the age of 65 with a time horn. No, well, well, that's what t- Trinity Century wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's a pretty misleading name anyway. It, it doesn't really seem like much of a horn. and It doesn't really have anything to do with time. It just... It just murders everyone under the age of 65 which is actually doesn't actually doesn't murder anyone but in theory it's supposed to, it's supposed to murder oh is this is kill- it just i just thought he didn't give like a long enough raise he didn't uh, he didn't I, use the death ray long enough on spider-man he squeezes it and spider-man's like i'm okay but i guess he killed the other guys and then i was like no it's just i was just really tired because i'm an old man i'm okay too and i'm like what this horn did nothing <laughs> it only increases the goofiness of the character he is he i agree he is a silly character but he's uh, a weird guy I, I enjoyed him, and it did look, look like it was going to take an extraordinarily dark turn right there. I'm like, wow, like the death of everyone? And understanding his motives for this were, were hilarious. He wants to, like, turn back to an old to- older time, so he's just going to keep people who actually lived through that older time. Mister. Uh, he's the get-off-my-lawn guy. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need any of those young people anymore. <laughs> 